All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Let's Chat Life. I'm your host, Luka Todorovic, and you are listening to another great episode that I have in store for you today. Today, we're going to be talking about YouTube. Pretty simple. Uh, we're going to be covering some current events, uh, like the Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson fight coming up later this month, YouTube Rewind getting canceled, and we're going to be hitting up on Hasman Hotel being picked up for television. We're also going to be hitting on YouTube's evolution, looking back at the beginning of YouTube back in 2005, its growth, and also now what it's been used like. Uh, and we're also going to be talking about some of my personal stories with YouTube, as well as my personal opinions on all three major current events that we're going to be talking about. And now that you know the scoop, just sit back, relax, grab a snack, and listen to this teenager talk about YouTube. Alright, let's hop right into it. First things first, let's hit on the current events. I want to dive right into this one because I'm very excited for this. And this, I'm very excited about all three of these events, but this one, I've, I'm drooling over. It is the Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson fight. The reason I am drooling over it is because I love Nate Robinson. I really do. I'm a big basketball basketball fan, and I love him. So, to get the rundown of this, uh, Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson will take place on the same fight as an undercard fight to the main event being Mike Tyson's return to boxing, which Mike Tyson is 54, and he looks like he hasn't lost a step in his quickness at all, and it's crazy. Uh, Logan Paul was originally scheduled to be fighting Antonio Brown, which is crazy to think about, but they both stepped down. Obviously, Antonio Brown is now in the Buccaneers, which was just, in my opinion, a really bad pick by the Buccaneers pickup because of chemistry, but that's a story for another thing if I ever do an episode on football. Betting odds from Vegas have Jake Paul, actually, as the less than, I mean, a negative 170-point favorite, with Nate Robinson being a slight underdog with plus 140 odds. And so I've done an analyze personally myself. I've analyzed this fight. I'm looking at some advantages for Nate and some advantages for Jake. So Nate Robinson, his advantages, he was a college football player and basketball player. Obviously, he played in the NBA for 11 years, almost successfully transitioned to the NFL in 2019, is one of the most physically gifted athletes of all time. Having an underdog mentality appears to be helping Nate Robinson as well as Jake Paul's massive ego, which is well-known at this point. And then also, Nate Robinson is just going to be using his... has apparently been training. It looks like he's been training a lot harder than Jake Paul. Meanwhile, Jake Paul has just size advantage, generally. He's got height, he's got reach. He has actually had a boxing match, which he won, which was against KSI's little brother, DJ. He has the villain mentality on his side because most people hate Jake Paul. I am very much one of them. I do not like Jake Paul. Uh, and also, he may have been training more and a lot more under the spotlight. We don't know. We have yet to analyze that. All right. Talking about my opinions and stuff like that, who am I rooting for? As I previously mentioned, Nate Robinson. Who do I think will win? Nate Robinson. Uh, why? Simple. They are analyzing this. The reason that Jake is the advantage is two reasons mainly. His size and the one match he boxed in one. But what people are forgetting is Nate Robinson, his size never mattered in the NBA. He was 5'9 as a point guard. Which, in the NBA, 5'9 is tiny. One of the shortest NBA players to ever play the game. Despite that, he 
has won three dunk contests, and he's actually been a very solid player in his NBA career. Obviously, it's spanned for more than a decade, uh, playing for several teams, and he has had a few seasons where he's averaged double-digit points. So if he's able to do that at five foot nine, just because Jake Paul has a few extra inches in height and reach, and just general size in general, it really makes it seem like it's going to be David versus Goliath, and I think David's going to come out on top in this match, which is the Nate thing. Jake Paul, my biggest concern for him on this fight is honestly his ego. His ego is through the roof. He's an egomaniac. It's been known since day one. And I think that will lead to his downfall. Despite this, it's almost even odds exactly. It is very close. As I mentioned, it is only a negative 170 point favorite for Jake Paul. And Nate Robinson has plus 140 odds to win. Meaning that is roughly a 62% chance uh, Jake Paul wins and a 38% chance Nate Robinson wins. So, essentially, it's just a slight favorite towards Jake Paul. So, I think there will be the upset. Next thing, YouTube Rewind got cancelled. May I just say... Thank goodness. I don't know who's above. I don't know if there's anybody above. But... I'm so happy YouTube Rewind got cancelled. Let me give you the rundown of why it got cancelled. Two major issues, one being COVID-19, obviously, and also political issues since uh, YouTube is based in America, based in California. If you live in America, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say political issues. We're not going to go there because it's supposed to be getting away from politics. But YouTube Rewind 2020 was thankfully cancelled. To give you a rundown of the past two rewinds, YouTube Rewind 2018 to this day stands as the most disliked video on YouTube by 5 million dislikes. That is a massive margin. It received over 18 million dislikes with 86.37% of the like to dislike ratio disliking the video rather than liking it. Honestly, I'm surprised it's not 99% of people dislike the video. It was, it was something else. But YouTube Rewind 2019 was an improvement, and that's where the comparison ends, because it still did horrible, being the fifth, at the moment, fifth most disliked video on YouTube with 9.23 million dislikes. And as a dislike ratio, it's slightly better, of 72.86% disliking the video. So, YouTube Rewind 2019 wasn't as big of a disaster as YouTube Rewind 2018, question mark, question mark. I don't know. I think maybe less people might have watched YouTube Rewind 2019 because the 2018 one was crap. Uh, but my opinions on the rewinds, uh, they are trash. Honestly, the only two moments from either rewind that I liked was Will Smith at the beginning of 2018 and in the 2018 one, the, appear- uh, the appearance of uh, The Odd Ones Out because I love his channel. It's a pretty funny guy. I like him. And was it a good move by YouTube to cancel the rewind? Uh, I'm going to be blunt about it. Yes. That was a very smart move for them to cancel it, in my opinion. And uh, also just everyone's opinion. Because, again, the rewinds were actually trash. Uh, and is it justified? Yes, it is. Because the rewinds was obviously a promotion for YouTube while also celebrating the past year. 2020, I don't know if you've lived in 2020, 
but it's been a pretty crappy year to say the least, especially the first three quarters of it. Like, January to September was just absolutely terrible. It's improved, kind of. Yeah, not really, but still. Uh, yeah, for me it's improved, thankfully. Uh, kind of. Not exactly. I don't know. But it was very justified because the lockdowns that occurred at the beginning of the year kind of eliminated half the year. Everything's been virtual. It's been insane. Uh, America divided, and that's pretty much taken up all of the media stories. Nothing really good's happened. Uh, COVID-19, obviously a huge issue with recording and filming and editing, and it would cost a lot of money, and people would probably uh, dislike it even more, obviously, as you see the major decline in views from YouTube Rewind 2018 to 2019. So, it's very much justified, and it was overall a smart, probably money-saving move by YouTube to just cancel the Rewind. It was, yeah, it was an experiment, it had good intentions, it had potential, but it crashed and burned. That simple. Alright, the third and final current event, which this one, I said I was drooling over the Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson fight. This one, I'm straight up, like, I'm essentially peeing myself for how excited I am. This is Hasman Hotel being picked up. For those of you who do not know what Hasman Hotel is, what are you doing with your life? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the, my nerdness coming out. But, so Hasman Hotel, to give it the rundown, was started as a project by someone named Vivian Marie Medrano, I hope I said her name right, otherwise known as Vivzy Pop on YouTube. Uh, it was worked on for years by a very small group of animators and voice actors, uh, and was released Halloween of 2019. Since then... It exploded in 2020, reaching over 40 million views in August, and fans and producers got what they wanted with the show, as it became one of the first, if not the first, YouTube video to be picked up as a TV series, as it was picked up for production by a small production company by the name of A24 in early August. I remember I was in Atlanta when I got the news, I was visiting some family, and I was ecstatic for the rest of the day. Nothing ruined my mood. Actually, I'm being honest, that was probably the best day of 2020. I was so excited when I got that news. I am a huge fanboy for that show. I will be 100% honest. Uh, since then, the pilot has amassed nearly 50 million views. And gotten well over 2 million likes with about 2.2. The show plans to release the entirety of the first season in October of 2021. And IMDB has given the show a rating fresh out of YouTube as a 7.9 out of 10, and the rating has since increased to 8.1, which is awesome. It should be a 10. That's just my nerdiness coming out. Uh, excuse me there. And that was also a voice crack, jeez. Uh, the popularity of the show continues to rise at a rapid pace, getting millions more views per month, which, yes, please. Uh, and my opinions on the show... If you can't tell, I'm a big fan. So what the show is like, my best way of describing it is if a Disney movie and Family Guy got together, had a baby, and just boom. It's funny, there's music in it, which admittedly the intro is a little melodramatic to say the least. But the actual show, like 10 minutes in, is hilarious. I love it. Kind of heartfelt. 
It's got fun music. Uh, one of the characters I am literally obsessed with. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know which one. As I dressed as that character for Halloween. Uh, to the point where I got a custom costume. Uh, yeah, I love the show. I think it's got a whole lot of potential. And I can't wait to see what it does. Uh, am I excited? Duh. And with the show, it also has a sh uh, follow-up show. What is it called? Uh, it's a show in the same universe. I can't think of the term. And what is the show called? Hell of a Boss, which is also awesome. Both based in the same universe, which is in Hell. If you haven't guessed by the titles by now. Uh, and what it essentially is, is that show is going to be continued on YouTube rather than a production company. That show is also awesome. If you haven't seen either of those shows, I highly recommend it. They're awesome. They're funny. Uh, if you're more someone that's into a storyline and a plot, I'd say Hasbin Hotel. If you're someone that's more into like an actual cartoon, I would say Hell of a Boss. So whichever way you lean, I love both of them equally. They're awesome. You know, who am I kidding? I like Hasbin Hotel a lot more, but Hell of a Boss is still awesome. So obviously it made history. By being picked up for TV, I'm ecstatic. It's expected to be released this uh, upcoming October in 2021. So, 11 months to go. Ah! Alright. Next up, let's talk about YouTube's evolution a little bit in its history. Because I did some research and some digging into it. It actually was pretty intriguing. Pretty much interested me. So, the beginning of YouTube. YouTube was released, well, created in February of 2005. And it's first video ever posted was called Me at the Zoo. I'm going to be 100% honest. The video is random, to say the least. I don't understand. It's 19 seconds long. And it has 100-something million views. Why does it? I don't know. I will not ever understand. Uh, does it deserve that many views? I guess by default, because it's the first ever video on YouTube, I guess by default. But anyway, in 2007, YouTube implemented the partner program that allows YouTubers to get paid and monetized, as well as including ads, so ad revenue, in case you haven't heard of it. You know that annoying 30-second video that always pops up that's unskippable unless you pay 7 bucks a month? Yeah, that started in 2007, so you can thank the partner program for that. Uh, since then, YouTube has grown. In 2006, it was bought by Google for $1.65 billion. And in 2009 was when we became able to watch high-definition videos on YouTube. And since then, obviously, YouTube's exploded. In 2010, YouTube removed the Adobe Flash Player, which is going to be removed from Google entirely, which I don't understand why. Uh, and allowed it to move towards an HTML5. I probably said that wrong. Uh, probably failed somehow. Also in 2010, live streaming was introduced, which, other than on TV, had never really been attempted before. And it really kicked off with two famous live streams in 2010, Barack Obama did a live question and answer. And also in 2012, the Olympics were live streamed through YouTube. And obviously now live streaming has exploded on YouTube and become one of its main features. And now we're talking about the present. Even though it's 2020, the best I could do for finding value at YouTube was 2018. Forgive me. As of 2018, YouTube was valued at $160 billion. Wow. 
Good job. I I'm honestly impressed. That's insane amount, especially for a company like that. It's huge because literally all it is its entire marketing is just watching videos. Well, to be fair, Facebook is a thing. So yeah, valued at 160 billion dollars, more than I'll ever have. <laughs> That's awesome. Some of the largest videos have received well over a billion views. Uh, some of them have released. I think the largest video is Despacito, if I'm not mistaken, and that's got like almost five billion, if not more than five billion. I didn't do the research on that bit, but it's crazy to think that a billion different people have watched a video at some point off of just this one website, app, social media network, whatever you want to call it. It's crazy to me to think how YouTube's evolved like that. And now we're going with here. YouTube now has YouTube Premium, which absolutely no one cares about. Let's be real. No one cares about YouTube Premium. They're de they desperately tried to sell it for like a good, I want to say three months in 2020 with those ads that were constant. And obviously, we now have you voice crack. Oh. I apologize to headphone users for that voice crack. I need some water. Man, my voice is cracking more than the sidewalk in your mom's back. Anyway, uh, YouTube is also producing other media, like movies and TV shows. Are the movies good? That's your own opinion, I guess I have to say, to be neutral, because some people like them. In my opinion, I did not like them. And that's going to be a perfect segue into the next topic which is my own kind of topic that I want us to talk about, why I think YouTube movies failed and how they could have done better. The first and only YouTube movie I saw, like YouTube filmed, produced, whatever movie, was The Thinning. And that was, I think it came out October in 2016, if I'm not mistaken. So the entire plot of that, the plot's actually kind of cool, what it sounds like from a summary perspective is it's America and a futuristic society where overpopulation is taking a, th a toll. So in high school, they give you a standardized test and only the top scoring students get to stay alive. The rest of them are executed. Uh, so it's like, what is it? Dystopian society. And I honestly think the plot, it had such good potential. But the movie flopped. It really flopped. And what do I think could have been done better? to fix a movie like that first off the casting when you have your lead member of the cast as logan paul a guy who acted for disney and i don't mean a disney movie i mean disney xd which those shows are good but they're cheesy if they're not the animated ones when you have him playing a serious role you're destined to fail and they picked other YouTubers. They wanted to stay in their YouTube family, kind of similar how the Los Angeles Lakers, up until recently, hired old Los Angeles Lakers as like their coaches, general managers, whatever. It's very similar to that. And, I mean, I understand why they would want to do it, and I understand why you would do it, because it promotes your own brand. Like, it's self-branding. So, it's just being smart. 
because then your own content creators also uh, promote the movie like Logan Paul because at the time he was huge. I don't know why. He's about famous for the same exact reason the Kardashians are famous, only less dirty. Like, seriously, the Paul brothers should not be famous for anything ever. But that's just my own opinion. But with the casting, it could have been a lot better. Had they wanted to open up their wallet and get a better name, if they wanted to get, like, a big name for a movie like that, for example, they could have tried to get Kevin Hart or Dwayne The Rock Johnson or um, Will Ferrell or what's-his-name? Mark Wahlberg. I'm like, what's-his-name? Mark Wahlberg. I'm like, he played in Daddy's Home with uh, Will Ferrell. Uh, if they would have wanted to get a big name A-list actor like that and then get a bunch of talented actors that are B-C-listers, like, that probably could have worked better. It would have cost them to open up their wallet and it would have been a definitely a high-risk, high-reward project. But is it worth it? I would personally think, yeah, it would have been worth it. Because at the end, it's more promotion. Because when you see a movie... And you see an actor or actress that you've never heard of playing a lead role. You look at it, you're like, that's cool, but I'm not sure how it's going to go. But when you see a movie that has Adam Sandler or Will Ferrell or Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez? Why did I say Jennifer Lopez? Wait, she's an actor, right? Actress, I mean. Crap. <laughs> uh, but well, like, one of those. Big, big name actors, you get the point. When you see one of those, you're like, oh, I want to go see that movie. Even if the movie flops, you still want to go see that movie. Why? Because you know that actor is really good. And a nice decorated actor. So I feel if YouTube would have just opened up their wallet and taken that risk, the movie would have had a better chance at surviving. And then also, writing. I'm not going to reveal too much about the movie because spoilers, obviously. So I'm not going to do that. However, if you've seen the movie and know what I'm talking about when I talk about the thinning, you know that the plot from a summary perspective was kind of cool. However, once you read, especially towards the conclusion, you realize that it's absolute garbage. The script writing could have been so much better. It was really bad. And I mean really bad. There are a lot of plot holes, a lot of unnecessary twists, a lot of melodramatic moments. It was just a train wreck all the way around, to say the least. And when you have a concept as cool as The Thinning, you're expected to deliver. So that's a major issue with YouTube media producing. A, going back to the current event of YouTube Rewind getting cancelled, that might also be there. But then, again, when you look at YouTube Rewind 2018, you can make the argument that an A-list actor isn't always going to, or, well, isn't guaranteed success, which, as I said, it never was. But if you look at YouTube Rewind 2018, they opened it up with uh, Will Smith. He is by, f he's definitely an A-list actor, and it became the worst video in YouTube history. So, yeah, there is an argument to be made on both sides. Which side of the argument am I on? Just get an A-lister, just one. And then a bunch of other talented actors or actresses and just pick the roles wisely rather than just, these people have 10 million subscribers. I'm gonna put them in a movie and just see what happens, have them intermingle. 
some of them don't even have acting experience and that just made it so much weirder with the movie and the movie was also just a similar just theme throughout of just like what's gonna happen next oh my gosh i don't know and it's unpredictable but normally unpredictable means good things in a movie this is not even close to a good thing it's essentially like saying like okay i'm gonna take a bite of an apple and boom oh my god all of a sudden it's a lemon it's not a good kind of unpredictable a good kind of unpredictable is like for example the martian with matt damon that was a movie for example like it had the twist of like example the what was it the oxygen tank exploded or the filtration system malfunction and caused the explosion spoiler alert late spoiler alert my bad sorry if you haven't seen that movie if you haven't seen that movie go watch it it's awesome but had they decided to go more in depth with the writing and make less random plot twists and stuff like that and fill up those plot holes take your shovel of writing dirt and take the extra time to fix the plot holes it's not that bad had they decided to do that then the movie probably would have a chance at succeeding. But also, it wasn't a very high-budget movie, so there is the argument that they couldn't afford an A-list actor, and they couldn't afford good scriptwriters. But if they did open up their wallet, then I would honestly would have been interested to see how that movie, along with other YouTube movies, how they would have gone. So that would actually have been really cool to see a Mark Wahlberg thinning. I think he could definitely do better, or it could just turn out to be uh, The Happening, which was just... I think The Happening was by far Mark Wahlberg's worst movie. It's one of the worst movies of all time. If you haven't seen The Happening, you're lucky, because it was absolute BS. But anyway, with that being said... We are going to talk one more thing about that, and that is YouTubers getting their own TV deals. In my opinion on that, for example, you got Dude Perfect. They are a show on Nickelodeon? Is it? I think it's Nickelodeon. And then obviously Liza Koshy, being Liza Koshy, is there. Are these smart moves by media producers, television companies, etc.? Yes. This, these types of moves are insanely smart because you open up millions more people sometimes like dude perfect when it got picked up for tv i think had close to 20 million subscribers if i'm not mistaken that's 20 million more potential viewers that haven't watched nickelodeon now watching nickelodeon that means more revenue that's absolutely genius those moves were smart and i think they did them at the perfect time too because before YouTube was mainly used for, I don't know, just entertainment purposes, music videos, and watching an occasional gaming video. But when you have something like that popping up on YouTube, like Dude Perfect Trick Shot videos, then it starts to gain more popularity, and then also the YouTube drama was starting to pop up more, so more and more people were watching towards YouTube. It was increasing more and more and more in revenue, in views, in downloads, everything. They did it at the perfect time because it was just about to start going crazy with YouTube. Obviously, in 2018, something that I forgot to mention is that YouTube's 
uh, value increased, or, I mean, uh, not value, revenue, annual revenue increased 36%, a nice clean 36%. So that's an example of, yes, that is a very smart move to get in its prime rising YouTube. It's still, it looks like YouTube's never going to have a prime. It's never going to peak. It's going to be like Saturday Night Live and The Simpsons is just going to go on forever. Well, The Simpsons had a prime. But it looks like it's going to go on forever. And honestly, this was a really smart move and needs to be done more often. Obviously, as we mentioned, Hasbin Hotel had a TV deal. Which, if Hasbin Hotel succeeds and does well on American television, then that opens up a brand new branch of YouTube. For TV making, for TV show writing, for animation. And that would be huge. And as it would launch us, as we're depending more and more and more on the internet, especially during COVID-19 times, that would be absolutely massive. So I can totally see in five years, if Hasbin Hotel is a successful experiment, which it looks like it's going to be, and I'm praying it is, because it really deserves it. In five years, I could be seeing shows and animators like Jaden Animations or The Odd Ones Out, all getting like TV deals or animation deals to be leading major animation products. Like for example, like draw my life videos could become similar things or like videos. If you watch Jane animations or something else, YT or the odd ones out, those kinds of videos could become a TV show. That would be absolutely massive because YouTube is a melting pot of creativity, different animation styles, different styles of writing, different styles of music, if that were to come together, it could launch not only YouTube, TV, but the internet itself and just bring society together, just like the internet has. It's divided society, but brought it together at the same time. And that's what I am going to end with. With that being said, our time is up. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram by just searching up my name, Luka Todorovich. It would really mean a lot. So now that you know the stories of today, you should be on your way. This has been Let's Chat Life, and I'm Luka Todorovic, signing off for now. Take care of yourselves, and I will see you all next time.